Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 12 of the Everyday Enthusiast podcast, CES Plus. I am Chris, your Everyday Enthusiast, and here is where I like to talk about some of the things that interested me the most over the last week. Now, before we get started, I just wanted to say that this podcast is available on most major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Spotify, Overcast, and many others. If you want to like, rate, and subscribe where applicable, that would be greatly appreciated. I can also be reached at everydayenthusiastpodcast at gmail.com. No dots, dashes, or spaces. Again, that's everydayenthusiastpodcast at gmail.com. All right, on with the show. So first up, we have our fun section here, follow-up, updates, and notes. First of all, I just want to say there's a lot of topics here involving uh, CES or coming out of CES, which is the Consumer Electronics Show. It happens every uh, January. Um, also, there is a lot. There's a lot shorter uh, topics here. I'm kind of shortening the amount of of dialogue I am giving in relation to each topic, but there's a lot more. I think I m- talked about this on the last episode. I want to talk about a lot of different things, and I was I was eliminating topics that I really wanted to include in previous episodes. So I'm kind of shortening my my discussion a little bit and uh, involving a lot more. Okay. All right. So first up in our topics section here is Touch ID back in the 2019 iPhones. So the rumor this year uh, is that this year's iPhone will have Touch ID under the display. Now, to be honest with you, I don't see this happening, all right? They have rarely, if ever, gone back on a technology that they have abandoned. Uh, Think, you know, the disk drive or even the floppy drive before that, Um, 30-pin dot connector. People were furious about that, but they did not reintroduce that after they got rid of it. Uh, I don't think that they ever have, actually, ever. Uh, It would be an admission of wrongdoing, and Apple is not likely to do that, ever. Uh, I do, however, want them to do this. Uh, To me, the fingerprint just seems more future tech than Face ID. I know that a lot of people will disagree with that opinion. I don't know why I see it this way. I just, I don't know, fingerprint just seems like, I don't know, I I liked it a lot more. I know a lot of people like Face ID more, but you know, to each his own, that's just my opinion. I guess we'll have to see in September. All right, next up here is the potential 2019 iPhone renders that came out. Absolutely hideous. Okay, just click the link and look at this thing. There is a huge square camera bump on the back uh, with three lenses and a flash and what looks to be a mic thrown in there. Uh, Look, I'm not opposed to three lenses, right? But this is just the wrong way to go about it. It is completely un-Apple. I don't believe that this is the final design. I can't believe that this is the final design. Uh, The only way that I would be even semi-okay with this design is if it eliminated the need for the bump completely. Um, They say that more lenses will will allow you to have less... um, uh, less of a of a protrusion. Uh, I, I don't know the physics here, right? So uh, I don't know. But I do know that this is terrible. I could accept the layout, even though it still looks terrible. Nothing is aligned. Nothing is symmetrical. It's just so un-Apple. But the only way I could accept this is if 
it meant that the entire back of the phone was flush and that there was no bump needed at all. All right, so moving right along here, topic number three, instant hot water. So this is uh, a gadget out of CES. It is called the Heatworks Duo Carafe. It holds cold or room temperature water, if I'm not mistaken, and it instantly heats the water that you, you know, that you set the temperature to as you pour it. No waiting. Now, I... I read this article and that is the way I understand it. I could be misunderstanding, but read it for yourselves, okay? Um, I drink a lot of tea. I have a kettle right now that can heat to different temperatures depending on what kind of tea you're having. Um, and this would be one step better. I don't think I could bring myself to actually spend the money on this because I'm sure that it's expensive. I, I don't remember if they said how much it would be in the article, but I remember them saying that it, it could be expensive at any rate but if i had the extra money to spend i absolutely would this would just make my life a lot easier and it's i mean this is first world problems right i mean take it for what it's worth okay topic number four is rcs on apple imessage or supported by apple okay so uh the the article here is referring to apple potentially supporting rcs well first of all what is rcs so rcs stands for rich communication services it's what's supposed to replace sms text messaging on every phone um, it would give text the same benefits that imessage gets like red receipts uh, group messaging high quality high quality image sending and a lot more right now if you group message a bunch of people and maybe one or two people have um have uh android phones they don't get the messages i don't know exactly how it works or exactly why but they're completely left out in the cold and um you know this would actually bring all of those features to regular text messages if you will I'm sure they'll call it text or a new version of text, but it's called RCS, Rich Communication Services. But the news here is that Apple could potentially support it. Now, I'm sure there is an upside somewhere here in the reasoning, but I really can't think of it. As it stands now, Apple has a leg up on texting in general and uh, Android in general, because these features are supported in iMessage and not over regular text. Of course, you could get these features in apps like you know Facebook Messenger and WhatsApp, also owned by Facebook, by the way, WhatsApp is. But the trick is getting your friends to jump on WhatsApp or WeChat, uh, which is huge in other parts of the world like China, uh, or Signal. Signal is another app that you can use for um, encrypted messaging or Telegram or getting me to jump on Facebook. I, I, I kid a little bit there. I do have Facebook Messenger. I do not have Facebook, the Facebook app on my phone, but I do have Messenger. You know, I, it, it is convenient. Call me a hypocrite. Uh, but the benefit here is that uh, you would get all of the advantages of iMessage on other platforms, namely Android. Okay. The reason I don't see Apple doing this is because it would give some reason to jump ship. iMessage is the sole reason holding many people to iOS and their iPhones. If you take away that advantage or rather give other people the advantage without having to be on iOS, some would switch and maybe a lot of people would switch. I can't say that I'm not in that boat. I, I, I might switch. 
Again, I'm sure there is some sort of benefit here if Apple decides to do this. They are very strategic. I just don't have the foresight to see it myself. All right, moving along to some more Apple news is an update to the possibly new iPad mini 5. Um, so this is coming from potentially leaked casing images uh, that show off very little change except for uh, a different LTE antenna. Uh, so some of the change would be here or most of the change would here would be on the inside, probably with an updated processor, maybe an updated screen. I don't know if they would potentially even switch back to a non-laminated screen. Actually, I bet you the iPad mini 4 doesn't have a laminated screen as we, uh, as it stands now. Um, I don't know. Anyway, um, if you have been listening, you know that I want an updated iPad mini, but this is not going to get me to spend my money. All right. Uh, I'm sure it will be a great product, uh, with great power and capability, but I want the new design, those iPad pros, those brand new iPad pros in the iPad mini footprint, uh, would look amazing or, well, you know, maybe I don't not with all the bending issues and with Apple saying that it is more noticeable and more common because of the thinner boxier design, or maybe it wouldn't be as prevalent on the smaller model. You know, there'd be less length, uh, in the actual device for the bend to occur. Um, or I don't know, maybe I'm just making up excuses because I want one at any rate. Uh, if this is legit, it is kind of a bummer just because I want to see that new design, but it could be saved if they are able to get it to a great, you know, lower price. I'm sure this will be aimed at the education market, just like the regular 7.9 uh, inch iPad right now, but we'll have to see. Okay, moving along from some Apple news here to Samsung. Uh, apparently, they have adjusted their sales production uh, projections as well. So last week, I touched on Apple having to adjust profit margins um, as well. Uh, as it turns out, this week, so did Samsung, or last week, I guess. Um, so their sales were down 11%, and operating profits were down a whopping 29%. Look, don't ask me exactly what all of these numbers mean, because I don't know. But I do know that the trend here is showing or what the trend is showing. And it seems that that smartphone decline that we talked about is very real. The market is just boring anymore. If you ask me, that is. And I think a lot of others would agree. Now, all the new phones are cool and some are exciting, but not all that much. I mean, there's just not much to draw you in. There's not, there's just iteration. Um, there just isn't anything new. It's just better of the same old stuff. And if you're going to do the same old stuff, maybe go back to something that we've seen in the past, a smaller phone, a smaller footprint. Okay. I know a couple of you that listen or the couple of you that listen are getting sick of hearing me talk about this, but get used to it. I'm going to bring this up every single chance I get. And it's my podcast. So deal. Okay, so the next topic I want to touch on here, I've lumped in a number of different articles, a number of different things, and that is all in relation to Google Assistant, and most of this is coming out of CES, okay? So a uh, little bit of information on me and my home here. Um, I do have three Google Home Minis in the house. I really do like the convenience, you know, asking what time it is, setting timers in the kitchen, listening to music over Spotify. Um, 
I just, I want to like them more. I want to be able to use them more. I just don't want everything in my house reliant on the internet. I don't need smart coffee makers and all kinds of other ridiculousness like that. We only have a couple of things connected to them right now and only when it adds convenience that matters. Uh, the Nest thermostat uh, we have and we have one connected plug that is for my son's room. So the, the, the reasoning here is that um, our house was not it did not used to be a two-story house it used to only be a one-story house and they completely gutted it and rehabbed it before we moved in but they did not resize the ac or air conditioning unit and so it's grossly under spec um and so it does not cool off the upstairs very well so we have an ac unit a standalone ac unit in my son's room to keep it cool during the summer months and sometimes I'll go leave to go pick him up from daycare and but it takes a little while for that to that unit to cool down his room. So it's nice to be able to get on just get on my phone and go uh, Google uh, hey, you know, Guillermo, uh, whatever, uh, however, whatever you want to say, I don't want to set off people's phones here, um, you know, turn on my son's room or whatever. So that is a, a real world convenience that really helps out. Okay. But a couple of prototype items and, and items coming to market here on, that were announced at CES sound very, very cool. So the first is an e-ink display that would work with Google Assistant. Now you have to already have one in the house. This does not have Google Assistant built in. It just works in conjunction with a Google Assistant or a Google Home or Home Mini or something like that. Um, it could display weather or directions or upcoming calendar events or something like that based on the pictures that I saw anyway in some videos and online. Um, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that I am a sucker for anything that incorporates an e-ink display. So I, I really, really like the, the look of this and the idea of this. I would jump on this if it wasn't too awfully expensive. The second here is a four inch Google Home display with a speaker. Uh, this is made by Lenovo. I think it's called the Google Smart Clock. I think it's only touted as an alarm clock with a speaker, but it does do a lot more than that. You can charge devices with it. So you could plug in a, a you know, a lightning cable or a micro USB or a USB-C cable into the back and then into your phone to charge it. That's really cool. Uh, power pass through. Um, it will play music, you know, connect Google Assistant to Spotify or Google Play Music or whatever they have now. Um, whether you can watch YouTube videos on this, it didn't say. I would hope that you could. Um, that would be huge for me. I watch a lot of stuff on YouTube. Um, you know, when we talk about these smaller devices, I can't help but be intrigued, right? I'm curious to hear more about this one once it comes out. So I will probably keep you updated. I don't know if I'll really shell out the money for this. I will want to, but I'm really trying to keep uh, costs at a minimum this year. So we'll see. Uh, these two ultimately don't really add that convenience that matters that I was talking about, but they also don't replace anything that I need, right? Um, anything that requires an internet connection. What I mean is I'm not going to buy, like I said, a coffee maker that doesn't work if we lose an internet connection. These things, I have other things to back these things up. So I'm not, you know, at a 
disadvantage or at a you know handicapped if the internet goes out i do not like that you know if you can't control your lights or something because you lost the internet connection I, I don't like that and i'm sure that's not actually the case with a lot of these things but i just don't need my lights connected to the internet anyway uh the next item we have here is just convenient it's not an, a device at all but a google assistant feature they have added the ability for google assistant to check you into your flight this is awesome granted it only works with united right now but still i'm sure they will roll this out to more airlines in the future once they've hashed everything out and it works well although i'm guessing uh, it will only be available on android phones as it will probably need a lot more access than Apple would give it, but I don't know, maybe not. Maybe it just needs access to your email, which Google already has, so I don't know. Um, the last item here is the, called the Rove Bolt, and I think this is a device from Anchor, the company that does um, like backup battery uh, packs and cables and everything on, on Amazon. Uh, now, what this does is it puts Google Assistant in your car, all activated by voice, okay? I don't think this is completely new. Amazon has a device uh, that that does this, that they, uh, that they announced a few months ago, I think called Amazon or Echo Auto or Echo Amazon Alexa Auto, something like that. I, I'm not really sure. I forget what it's called. Uh, but still, uh, it connects to your phone. So if you have an iPhone, I don't think that it's going to be as seamless. Um, and you have to connect both of these devices to Bluetooth in your car so that everything plays through the car and not through your phone or, or whatnot. I don't really care for this myself, mainly because I use my AirPods in the car and sometimes, um, you know, the phone gets all kinds of messed up. It doesn't know where to send the audio to if it's sending it to my AirPods or the the car. It's all kinds of of messiness. I, I don't really like it. I don't like to connect. I do not connect my phone to the Bluetooth in my car, um, especially since it has uh, CarPlay, Apple CarPlay. I, I, that, that feature is a whole nother conversation I won't get into now, but at any rate. So this is Probably better for somebody with an Android device, but it's still a really cool idea if, if that is you, if you have an Android device. And apparently I lied, that's uh, not the last thing here. Um, uh, I had a, a few more here than I, than I thought. The crazy headline is that Google Assistant is going to be on a billion devices by the end of the month. Now, admittedly, most of those devices are phones, but still, that's a lot of devices. What it does tell us, or tell me rather, that you know the way I understand it, is that it's a lot of devices feeding info into Google Assistant, meaning that will, it will get that much better over time, okay? Um, I think there is one last thing here. So the other news here is that Google Assistant is going to be on a ton of feature phones. I love this, I love this so much. It already is on a couple now. I think you can already get the Nokia um, 8110, with Google Assistant on it. That's the Nokia banana 
phone, like slider phone that was announced last February, so almost a year ago now. But I think that this is going to be a growing area of focus for them, for Google over the next couple of years. Uh, it is very cool, if you ask me. This would give feature phones a lot of the smarts that uh, that smartphones, uh, you know, are afforded. Uh, and it'd make them a lot more usable by many people um, so that you don't have to spend the money on a smartphone, but you'll, you can still do smart tasks, if you will. Okay. All right. Moving on. Um, not neither Google or Apple related here. This is uh, Zelda two on the switch. So this is just a cool article. Zelda 2 The Adventures of Link will be coming to the Switch online store. This is the first Zelda game that I ever played. I did not play the original one. I remember playing this with my dad and beating the game actually. Well, more so this was him playing and me watching. Not that different from, you know, Twitch or, or you know, watching somebody play, do a walkthrough or something on YouTube now. But uh, I was a bit young and wasn't really good enough at the time. But I do remember watching him. That was a lot of fun. Um, I don't know. I very fondly remember this, uh, nonetheless. So, but it is a big departure from the first game, uh, a good departure. Uh, you, you know, uh, it was a, it was a very big one. Um, it was a kind of a side scroller as opposed to an open world. I mean, it was still kind of open world. I don't know. It's hard to explain. I will kind of leave it there. Click the link through. You can watch some videos on YouTube of um, Zelda 2. It's a very cool game. Very, very cool. I, I just wanted to bring this up for, if nothing else, for nostalgia's sake. Oh, okay. So uh, back to Samsung. So it seems that Samsung is going to announce the next line of Galaxy phones on February 20th. This is a slight departure from previous years as I understand it. Generally, they announce these phones at Mobile World Congress, which starts a week later on February 28th, I believe. Uh, but this is very exciting. Uh, we're going to see that hole punch phone design at least. I know that we've seen that from uh, already from some other manufacturers, but Samsung puts a, uh, I don't know, they, they, they they put it on, you know, they're, they're great at phones. They're great at designing phones. And I'm really excited to see what they do with it. So yes, I know I said this looked terrible just a couple of weeks ago. Okay. Uh, what can I say? I'm fickle, but uh, I'm also allowed to change my mind. So deal. Okay. Uh, this is also going to be the 10th anniversary of the Galaxy series of phones. So I'm guessing, or I'm hoping that we see something big here. And I think that that something big is going to be more details on the foldable phone that we saw teased last month. I think that we're going to see the actual phone, not in a darkened theater this time. I'm, I'm hoping. Um, so uh, look, I, honestly, I'm not even as excited about this as the regular Galaxy phones. The foldables are just going to be terrible for a couple of years until they aren't, right? But I will definitely be talking about them once they are announced and, and uh, once all the news comes out. So we'll probably talk about this in a month and a half's time or so, okay? Uh, speaking of new phones, uh, Xiaomi announced the Redmi Note 7. This is their budget uh, level phone series, the Redmi series. Uh, but the more that they release, the better that they get uh, as far as price goes. 
Well, the more that you get for the price, rather. This has a 48 megapixel camera, one that we talked about a couple of episodes ago. I'm still not a huge fan of that. It is a lot of marketing talk. I won't get into that again, but still. Um, it's gonna have a Snapdragon 660 processor, a 4,000 milliamp battery, a 6.3 inch display, a headphone jack, and all for a whopping $150. All right, uh, but don't get too excited. I doubt that this will be available in the States. I mean, if you're, you know, if you don't reside in the States, awesome, that's great, good for you, or wherever they release this, China, I'm sure, and some other markets. Um, but at least not right away. They might bring this to the States, but but not right away. It's going to be for those, uh, what do they call them? Developing markets, uh, first and foremost, okay? You know that I'm uh, what I'm going to say here. Put all of this in a four-inch display footprint, meaning that it would be much thicker, okay? But it would have even better battery life because it wouldn't have to power that large display, a 6.3-inch display. I would be all over this. 2019, like I mentioned before, is uh, the year of saving for me, or hopefully that's going to be the case. That's the goal anyway. But I would not be able to pass something like this up at a smaller footprint. You give me a four-inch phone, a thick candy bar style four-inch phone with stock Android. Okay, maybe this isn't going to be stock Android. You know it won't be stock Android. But you know, that big battery, small display, thick candy bar fit in your hand phone. I'm hoping that we see something in this realm this year. I, I'm not holding my breath, but I really, I really hope that we see something in this area. All right. And the last topic that we have here today is huge SD cards. Well, SD cards are standard, so uh, I'm really talking about the storage here. The last item we have is Lexmar announced the first to market with a one terabyte SD card. This is an ongoing conversation I have with a friend of mine. Uh, it never stops amazing me. I I'm never cease to be amazed at how storage gets smaller and smaller, or rather how uh, you know, the storage, we can fit more and more storage on a smaller chip. Okay, think about old NES games. Those cartridges had incredibly tiny amounts of storage on them. Okay, there was a, an Instagram post that somebody shared with me or that I saw the other day saying that the entire Super Mario Brothers game, that first Super Mario Brothers game that came out was 32 kilobytes. And the image in the post on Instagram was 118 kilobytes. Is that not unbelievable? I mean, 32 kilobytes was that entire game that took you hours and hours to beat. Fantastic game. And that image for them to post that to post that to Instagram was 118 kilobytes. Anyway, there's not a lot to talk about here. It's just fun to think about how far we have come in a relatively short period of time and uh, you know where we're going from here. It could be it could be pretty amazing in the next couple uh, of years or 10, 15 years, something like that. Okay. All right. Uh, the last, very, very last thing that that was the last topic. Just a quick note here. I am going to include a couple of uh, links that I think are very cool. Um, things that I didn't get a chance to talk about that I still want to post up there and share with the world and with you listeners. Um, so click through those 
most of the time, these are probably gonna be uh, mechanical keyboard links to the mechanical keyboard Reddit. Um, I encourage you to go there, try a mechanical keyboard somewhere. Um, if you're in the Chicagoland area, hit me up. I'd love to meet up and, and talk about anything you want, really. I, I, I'm uh, at a loss for people to talk to in regards to technology in general. So feel free, email me, whatever. All right, folks. Well, that is all for today. As always, I can be reached at everydayenthusiastpodcast at gmail.com. No dots, dashes, or spaces. Again, that's everydayenthusiastpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow along on Twitter. Username is at everyenthusiast and on Instagram at everydayenthusiastpodcast. As I said before, this podcast is available on most major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Spotify, Overcast, and many others. Please like, rate, and subscribe where applicable. And until next time, stay enthusiastic.